0: Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee hee and my hoo hoo and my ha ha. (laughs)
1: Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom?
0: <laughs> and
2: Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy.
0: Oh, wow. This is the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast.
1: Only from Hot 101.5. Tampa Bay's new hip music.
0: Why'd you look at me weird, Scott? <laughs>
2: because
0: my headphones aren't plugged in. Uh- oh, <laughs>
2: I was like, I can't hear anything.
0: Wait, so you thought Holly and I were just like looking (laughs) off into space at nothing?
2: I literally, I didn't have any idea. I was plugged into my computer. I was like, what is happening? Did I break something? But now, now it works. I hear things now.
0: It's so funny. I remember (laughs) back in the day when we used to work with Kramer, Holly. Yeah. And anytime any one of us in the studio would, you know, we'd be quiet. All of us would be on our laptops, on our phones. And if someone would sigh, laugh, Kramer would always be like, What's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? And I'd be like, bitch, I'm just living my life. (laughs) What do you want from me? And now, I'm doing the work for your show. Okay. (laughs) But now, sitting in the host chair, I get it Um, because you just want to make sure that you're not missing something. Like, because, you know, stuff can go wrong in a matter of seconds on a radio station. Oh, yeah, I get it. Because it's not like a TV set where, like, we're sitting in the studio and then you got like a whole control room full of people pushing the buttons. We push the buttons, and yeah. so like <laughs> something could go wrong real fast, and so that's why I'm always like, "What? Who? Why are you laughing? Well, why are you smiling? Why are you smiling?
3: That's why too. Like not, not not so much off the air for me, but on the air. If I notice anybody with like a weird or not even weird, but different look that right. I'm used to in that moment, I'll be like, "What?
0: What's happening? What's going on? What's, what? 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 Why what, you well, got what? a crazy face? <laughs> now then,
3: I'm like, okay, well." I just want to know I didn't say anything crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. And especially when you and I are like talking and laughing about something on the air, like during trending in Tampa Bay or something, and I'll look over like, hey, that's so funny. <laughs> and I look at Scott and he's like looking at his laptop typing, and I'm like, bitch, I said something <laughs> funny. You're supposed to be laughing. I'm distracted. He's like, meanwhile,
3: he's like doing the five million jobs that he's already got to do during the show. And you're just like, where's your laughter? I'm like,
0: I need you to laugh at me. I need you to validate me, please. <laughs> Uh, well, we have a, a special guest coming on the podcast today. She is a certified friendship coach, oh. podcast host, author, and speaker. Uh, her name is Daniel Bayard Jackson, and we're actually having her speak to Cox Media Group Tampa because um, I'm on – I had the uh, DE&I – you can go ahead and get her on the phone, Scott uh, – committee, and we – one of our initiatives that we have put together – for 2020 and 2021 is to bring diverse voices and expose them to our building. Mm-hmm. Um, because like any company, just because we're in the media doesn't mean that we don't need to work on these things and and especially because we're in the media and we are we have six radio stations in our building we got to educate ourselves and open our eyes to different um ideas, different people because we want to make sure that we're representing as much as possible you who listen to our radio stations and our brands. And so um this is sort of like I wanted to go a little bit more in depth with her cuz I when um I think Dana who's on our DNI uh committee she brought her to us and I was like I'm so fascinated about how do you become a friendship coach and like, what are the skills behind what, it? Um,
3: what is that?
0: Right. Well, she's going to explain. Yeah. Because I'm super, super, <laughs> super curious about it. Um. But then coming up this week, um, we have some more people. I'm trying to get um, Nikki, who was our old producer, um, see if she can come on with us on Friday's podcast. So we are working towards it. But I also want to remind you that if you want to be on the intro of the podcast and help us kick it off, you can always download the free Hot 101.5 app and leave us a open mic. And we can then have you at the beginning of the podcast. So just, Holly, like, what does it sound like if you were to leave an open mic to help us intro the podcast?
3: Hey, this is Shannon from Sarasota. And I love Miguel and Holly in the morning with Scotty the body, especially if he grows facial hair. Shouts out.
0: Platypus posse. Yeah, throw in
3: a
2: platypus posse if you want to. Careful
3: there you with go. those pee,
0: peas. <laughs> there are lots of peas in yeah. there. Uh, on the show this morning, we did talk about how Scott wants to grow facial hair.
2: I'm so pumped. Like, I think it's really going to look good. The mustache look good, and I finally feel like my face is growing actual hair. Mm. Like, before it grows on my neck, I'll be honest. Like, I, I don't grow facial hair usually because I get a neck beard. <laughs> this year, no goat for me. I think it's going to be the real look. Okay.
0: I'm just super nervous hey, about It's going to
2: keep my face warm in the winter.
0: Okay, you keep saying winter like we live in Detroit. Morning. Like <laughs> we live in Tampa. It'll be cold for like a week. I'll be warm.
3: It might be more like a month. I mean, we're starting with the early coldness.
0: Oh, girl, watch out. We got a month of cold. I'll be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <gosh. laughs> you ready? All right. Uh, so her name is Daniel Bayer Jackson. Certified Friendship coach.
3: Is it Danielle? Danielle. Danielle.
0: What did I say? You said Daniel twice. Oh, sorry. Listen, my mouth. We've been talking for four hours. I understand. Danielle Bayard Jackson, a friendship expert, a podcast host, author, and speaker, has her own PR agency. She's been featured on Bravo, NBC News, The Insider, Refinery29, and Psychology Today. Oh, wow. Welcome to Miguel and Holly Uncensored. How are you, Danielle? Thank
1: you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So first off, when someone hears the term friendship coach, it sort of sounds or reminds me of the first time I heard of someone saying a life coach. Yeah. And I was like, what's a life coach? <laughs> it
3: what? sounded very hippy-dippy at the Who time. Who needs that? <laughs> well, I'm
0: gonna say five years, eight years later, yeah. I still have the same life coach. Yeah. So what's a friendship coach?
1: Yeah, you know what's so funny is when I do tell people that, I kind of get the same reaction of like, Oh, a friendship coach. Oh, that's cute. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then as soon as I launch into like, yeah, so that means I can help you if you're struggling with loneliness or making friends as an adult or letting go of toxic friendships. Then suddenly they launch into like, oh, my God, let me tell you about my friends. Can you please talk? me? <laughs> and so, uh, so, yeah, so I get it. It's not like a super popular thing just yet. It's not very common. But I think people are starting to wrap their minds around the fact that these days you can pretty much get a coach for anything. No, it's True. true. And why not?
0: Yeah, you need him. Now yeah
1: so, ne- yeah, so necessary, and especially with, you know, friends, that's something that I think we used to reserve for, like, oh, young, young kids, like, they need help making friends, and as an adult, you figure it out, but it's something we man. don't just figure out. We're still bringing those struggles into our 20s, 30s, and so it's just nice to kind of have somebody who's able to help you through those things.
0: Well, and I think especially on our show, we've actually talked about this before. Uh, we have Scotty here yeah. who is 24 and graduated from USF almost two years ago and you've been struggling in the friendship department
2: i was just having a conversation with a friend who lives in another state and that's kind of the bigger problem here it's like i have friends but we all moved all over the place and i noticed as soon as i moved to st petersburg from tampa from usf i was like what do you do yeah because before you're in a classroom setting you would go to a club or something that's how you met people but i'm like I don't how do you just start a conversation if I'm in Walmart and we have the same pillow idea of like, oh <laughs> we should hang out. Like I don't know how to initiate that. Yeah. Do I just say, hey, follow me on Insta? Like yeah. I don't know. I literally don't know to this day, and I'm a year and a half out of college. So still struggling. I need you.
1: Oh my gosh. You are not alone. So actually it turns out uh research shows us that you're friendship group or your social network expands tremendously until the age of 24, at which point it starts to diminish really fast. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because that's the time when we're prioritizing other things in our lives right we're you know quote-unquote adulting so now we suddenly have to prioritize you know serious relationships and kids and we're moving for our career and we tend to kind of like push friendship to the margins and just like you said you know we're no longer an environment saturated with our peers in class and extracurriculars so now we kind of have to do the work Uh. we're not just thrust into those social environments we have to be like intentional about you know identifying those opportunities and then maximizing them to turn them into friendship, because a lot of us, we do kind of like know people. That's why sometimes I feel for extroverts, because we're very social, you know, we go to parties, we work the room. But ironically, you know, extroverts, we know all these people, but we tend to go wide instead of going deep. And mm. when it comes to like meaningfully connecting with somebody, you have to spend one on one time. So it doesn't surprise me that it got harder for you after graduation, because I think that's definitely really common.
0: So how do you do that? I mean, if you and especially in COVID-19, when you know, when we started, we were like, oh, we'll be at home for a couple of weeks. And (laughs) here we are eight months later, year later, looking ahead for hopefully maybe if a vaccine is distributed to like the main population, maybe next summer we will be able to. You know, do things safely. It yeah,
3: it won't be like you can go to a restaurant, but no one's going to the club or anything. Well, right. actually, I guess some people are going to the club. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, if you want to yeah, go safely. Florida,
3: we're maybe
1: we're doing everything. We got everything. <laughs> I was like, maybe if
3: you don't feel comfortable going to a club right. just
1: yet, maybe we're there. Yeah, totally. So first, let me say this, because I think it's interesting what you just said. And I think that's a common thought is, you know, how do I make friends when I can't go out, when Mm. I can't hang Mm. against some kind of social backdrop? And even though that is where we tend to, quote unquote, meet people, I always like to emphasize the difference between meeting new people and making friends, because the two aren't necessarily Mm. synonymous. So You might have some people who currently are really strong associates. If you have mutual friends then you comment on their stuff, they comment on your stuff. But that's where I always like to suggest starting with quote unquote, making a new friendship because you already have a little familiarity. You've got some common interests to kind of serve as that buffer to kind of get things started, but we always see like, oh, I need new friends. So I need to start from scratch. And we romanticize that idea of like meeting the stranger in the coffee line and they say something funny and we're like, oh, you're cool. And then like we become besties. And even though that happens, we can't negate all of the opportunities that are already around us, but we just have to work to like, Deepen them. So, yeah, we can meet new people. And I know a lot of times, you know, it's popular to do like these, you know, zoom meetup.com and all those things. And I know a lot of us are over it, and and I get it. I've been there, you know, um, but it's just about identifying opportunities. So, let's say uh, there's somebody who you know, and you're like, oh, she's kind of cool. He's kind of cool. A lot of times we leave it at that. But why not start to slide in their DMs? Why not start to have more meaningful conversations? You know, why not if you meet somebody, sometimes we fail to follow up and we'll have a good vibe, you know, kind of like in the romantic sphere, we'll have a good moment. And then we're like, okay, cool. And then we never actually follow up for coffee. But why not like actually text them back a week later and say, you know what, let's let's keep this going. Do you want to meet? up on Tuesday or do you want to have a virtual coffee date but for a lot of us you know follow-up is the way to make friends mm. but we get so caught up on our fear of rejection or what if they don't on have time and I don't want to look you know kind of lame or desperate by putting myself out there to make friends so I think there's a lot of that stuff too but you know the first tip I would give is definitely leaning into follow-up sometimes follow-up can simply look like um, Somebody mentioned a Netflix show that they're currently binging and they're like, Oh, it's hilarious. Follow-up can look like a week later, you watch the first episode of that show. You text them and say, Oh my gosh, I watched that show. You're totally right. It's really funny. Mm. But that's something that keeps the friendship going, but we won't do that. And then simultaneously wonder like, Oh, where are all my friends. Well, what work are you putting into sustaining those little interactions you're having with people you like? It doesn't just happen we have to, you know, we have to work at it. Um, One suggestion, too, I like to give is, you know, for a lot of us who are in these Zoom meetings all day and these conference calls, you know, extend the interaction. So, if you're in a 30-minute meeting, whether it's, you know, personal or professional and somebody says something funny or they ask a good question. You know, the key to friendship is a lot of times getting people one-on-one so you're in that group setting. Why not message them afterwards and say, Oh my God, thank you for asking that question. Cause I was too intimidated to ask. Thank mm. God you asked and get something going one-on-one without the fear of, you know, social media and superficial comments and group hangouts. Uh, but I think, you know, just overall, if we followed up more, we were intentional, we put ourselves out there, then we would find it a little bit easier to, quote, unquote, make friendships.
0: It's really fascinating hearing you put it into those terms because I can see where I've done that in my past and I didn't even realize it. So, like, in the spring, my friends organized a sort of virtual wine tasting. And the person who put on the wine tasting, I thought they were, like, super fascinating. And I dug and found their Instagram and sent a message and was like, thank you so much. And found out they have a very similar, um, like, I'm black, he's black, he has a white partner, I have a white fiance. And I was like, oh, my God. in watching their interactions on their Instagram stories, I'm like, holy heck, we should hang out together. But, like, I still haven't asked because I feel like, I don't know, I just, it feels like almost like dating. Like, I want to yeah. be like, do I want to go on a double date? Like, but then I don't, like, I don't know. I just, I feel I weird guess doing so is, it. You
1: have to just do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I that's such a great example. And I love that you're putting out, like, hey, I met somebody, they were really cool, and I think they're so awesome, but I don't want to put myself out. And yeah, you know, there there is vulnerability in it. And I almost tell people who, you know, I, I often tell people who are kind of immobilized by that fear, like they know intellectually I need to do it, but nah, I don't want to put myself out. I tell them, you know, what would you do if you just assumed that rejection is part of it? Like if I told you you're about to find your five mm. closest friends, This year, but you have to face 100 rejections. You likely push through them because you're like, oh, well, I need this to get to my five. Well, that is the truth. That is the reality. It's like a game. So it is possible that they don't respond or that they're like, oh, you know, I'm actually really busy. That's possible. It's also possible that they're like, oh, my God, I was thinking the same thing. And I really vibe with you, too. Let's get together. Yeah. And so it's just like that crippling fear. Like, what if they say no? Yeah, that's true. They might. But they might be like, you're amazing. And I'm, you know, I have a crush on you, too. Like a friend crush. Let's do it. You never know. But we just have to put ourselves out there and make it happen.
0: Wow. Now, Scott, you have gone out on, quote, unquote, sort of like friendship dates. Yeah. Like, you've had a couple recently that I was like, so who are you meeting? Where are you going? What are y'all doing? And one recently I was like, so did you all talk about XYZ events happening in your life? And you're like, well, we didn't get too deep about it. When do you start to like craft that sort of deep friendship and have those deep conversations with potential new friends? Ooh, that's
1: such a great question. So um, there's a friendship expert in the space. Her name is Shasta Nelson. And she has this uh, concept that she often talks about called the um, triangle of friendship, like a friend intimacy. And she says there are three components to any strong friendship. And those are uh, vulnerability. Um, I think it's like consistency and positivity. So you have to have that level of vulnerability Mm. to make the friendship feel meaningful and not just surface. So when it comes to like, okay, well, how do I do this? One thing I like to suggest is, you know, kind of do like a, a, give and take just a little at a time and also take your cues from them. If they are not sharing anything personal, then perhaps they're maybe not receptive to it. But you could also, you know, give them a little bit of information that doesn't necessarily put you out, but it goes a little bit deeper. Because if we share too much too soon, it actually has the opposite effect. And it tends to make people skeptical of us because we're like, why did you tell me about you know, your whole life story and your issues with your baby daddy and all these things with your finances, Mm. and we've just met. So you have to kind of gauge and see, like, okay, we're giving these little, you know, they call them bids of trust. Like, let me just go deep a little bit. Let me kind of share something I'm struggling with or, you know, something I overcame or little things at a time. And that tends to kind of gradually take it to a deeper space where the friendship feels a little more significant.
3: Oof, that's a tough one. Considering like the job that we do for the three of us, for example, we're so used to being vulnerable on yeah. the daily. <laughs> My problem is I, I like I um, I overshare. Because I am so used to it and I forget that, quote, like regular people are like, whoa, that's that's too much. And I'm like, well, I would say it on the radio. Well, yeah, it's kind of normal. But yeah, so oversharing can be bad. I guess you just have to take it step by step.
1: You really do. And like I said, you know, taking your cues from other people, or are they sharing a little bit? And you kind of, you know, match the level of what they're sharing and then you guys gradually go a little deeper and deeper. And also remembering, too, remember we talked about, you know, extending those relationships and seeing uh, each other multiple subsequent times. So not feeling the pressure to, like, get it all in or say it all in the first interaction and assuming oh i'll see them again because we're going to keep this going and kind of spreading it out over a series of hangouts instead of kind of like you know dumping on somebody and then they're like what in the world Mm. uh so i'm glad you shared that because i i could totally see that being kind of an issue with your job you guys have a a very (laughs) strange job
3: weird yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i have a question and this is going to take it to like a different direction but if you have another question miguel or scott about like making new friends But when Miguel was doing sort of, you know, your your Danielle, your intro, if you will, Mm -hmm. it's not just necessarily about making friends. Like, what about if you feel like maybe a friendship is ending? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I'm struggling with that. And I had a really, really bad, uh, for me, it was bad anyway, conversation with a friend about a month ago or six weeks ago, um, where frankly, like in my mind and in my soul, I just feel like this friendship is probably not going to continue, nor mm. was it maybe what they thought that it was even at the time. And it really comes down to me finally fi- figuring out at the age of 38, 37 <laughs> last year, um, like who I am, what I like, who I literally am as a human. And when I met this friend and the group of friends, I was, it was like 10 years ago. I was very clearly a different person and I, I was a, I've always been a people pleaser. So I feel like, you know, this particular friend, this particular group, they feel like now I'm the bitch because I'm like, I don't go to stuff. They stopped inviting me to stuff. The friend, the my closest in this group was angry and I felt mm. bad. You know, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to cause this woman pain. Like, I like her as a human, but I'm not close with her. And I feel like I've never been close with her. But I also feel like she's never really been close with me. And the one overarching thing that I sort of dislike about this friend group, it's so gossipy. It's very gossipy, mm. very clicky. Um, it, that's just, that's the nature of it. Not that they're not all decent people, but they tend to be a little clicky. So as, especially as I've sort of moved through my transformation, I'm like, yeah, I I don't really see myself fitting into this group. And not only that, we don't have much in common. We had something in common doesn't even exist anymore. It's things are just and like to me it's apparent that things are ending. But this phone call we had 4 or 6 weeks ago, it was just like she was mad. Mm. And it's it, the balls in my court if I want to be friends or not and I have to do more reaching out and all this and I was it it hurt me like I was so upset by this phone call for like a week Miguel you remember yeah
0: oh absolutely
3: I mean I think I talked about it on the podcast I cried about it for like a few days mm-hmm. on random things like it just I don't like to hurt people but also I was like I don't know how to make it clear that like we don't have anything in common she's like well I have lots of friends I don't have anything in common with and I was like but why <laughs> what, right. what are y'all doing <laughs> so I don't know like after that whole story sorry to plop that down but like where do you go with that type of situation
1: Yeah, that's really tough. Um, So I don't know what that conversation looked like, but one thing I always advise, especially when it comes to people who feel, hey, I think this warrants a formal conversation. Because a lot of us are friendships end with like the fade out. Where it's kind of right. like a like, mutual understanding. And so I thought that's what it was. I'm like, why are we yeah. not doing and the that, fade out? <laughs> right. <laughs> like I just wanted to call and ask, can we just fade this out? You know? Um so I totally I totally get that. Um and it's hard. I, I argue that I think friendship we really are Uh-oh. sometimes a oh. romantic breakup sorry
3: you okay. cut out just a little bit can you say uh, oh. what you said just again
1: yeah yeah um so I always say that I, I argue that I think romantics you know break excuse me uh platonic breakups are sometimes more painful than romantic breakups because it's almost like, you know, there's this understanding that like, Oh, there's more fish in the sea. He wasn't right for you to move on. But with friends, it's like, we elect to be friends. We volunteer to be friends. It's like, I like you. And then especially with women, we're like, we're ride or die, you know, girl power. So whenever it's over, we don't really know how to grapple with that. And it is very personal. Um, so I, I, I totally get how you would be kind of broken up over that for you know a week or so afterwards. That makes total sense to me. Um sometimes I advise in the formal conversation, we have to be mindful of the language we use because then they can't help it to be defensive. So if any of the language from, you know, your side or anyone who's going to enter in this conversation is something like, you know, I've outgrown this or I don't want to do those things anymore, it can make them feel like, oh, do you believe you're surpassing us? Are you too good for us? Or, oh, you can't, and they can't even hear what you're saying because they just Feel the rejection of you're not good enough. They just hear, hey, I'm above this. I've matured and I can't deal with this anymore. So I like to kind of suggest using language that shows uh, that focuses more on you and what you want, apart from where they are and what their interests are. So, hey, I'm looking for this. Or, hey, I don't have the capacity anymore, but I really, you know, I still love you. I'm still rooting for you. Um, But again, of course, people don't always take that well. And it also sounds like, you know, there's disappointment on her end because the expectation is even though you don't have this super deep friendship that you keep hanging out. And so your expectations vary there because for you, you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to put in the effort to sustain that Mm -hmm. because it's not fulfilling to me. But her expectation is even if it's not, that's still what we do. Like friendship. out.
3: That's it. And,
1: you know, that's it. Yeah, and so you know, it comes with the territory. You know, they, you know, you know the cliché things about people being in our lives for a season and that whole thing. It comes with the territory. So even if we're delicate and mature and and trying to be sensitive, you know, sometimes we can't help but to unintentionally hurt others when we say girl like I I, I'm so sorry but I don't think I have the capacity right now to like maintain this it's not personal um and they have to kind of just receive that how they will but good for you for saying explicitly instead of ghosting which sometimes we do when we don't want to have tough conversations so I'm glad to see that you were like we got to talk about this and you said your piece and then after that we just have to kind of grieve over it and we can't control what their narrative is going to be when they go and talk to other people about us we, we just it's out of our control you do your healing you move on and if anything it made more space in your life for people who can pour into you more yeah mm.
3: i think i had to work on that because it was almost left like well you just let me know because i'm like we're like at life is a bigger thing that leads into all that so it's a little bit more complicated that I can't get into but it's like even that conversation where I she you know she's like we got to talk I'm like let's talk let's set the date to talk so we had this big like you know horrific to me conversation as someone that didn't want her to feel hurt but doing what you said and then it was like left off like okay well we'll see and I was right. like, no, but, uh, but no, we won't. Right? now we got to have another one of these conversations. <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> Who does this? No, and no, so no. I I don't know. I I, I got to think on that. I like what you said. I want to actually go back and listen to this podcast at another time and like rehear that so I can, you know, think on it and does figure it, out what to say.
0: Does it require another actual conversation or at this point, since it's not like you were dating, Um, but this is why sometimes I feel like I'm a sociopath because I'm like, can't you just text her and be like, girl, I, I don't have the bandwidth oh, well, for the this thing. anymore. I'm trying you've already, to be, I'm,
3: I'm trying to do the right thing, I guess.
0: But you've already given so much of your emotional energy to this. Right. right. And I don't it's, want to. Right. And it's not going anywhere. You don't no. want it to go anywhere and you don't want to hurt her feelings. But it's like at some point you've got to protect yourself from what could be emotionally damaging.
1: Right. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is 100%. I'm Stop. co-signing that 100%. <laughs> you've already done the floor. You've already tried to have a conversation, but it's not your responsibility to make it clear and to explain w- what are your boundaries. If you're saying, I cannot do this anymore, you don't owe somebody a follow-up conversation. And it makes sense to me. It doesn't surprise me that she, you know, hint at a follow-up because she's not ready to let it go, but you are. And so you don't owe anybody a follow-up explanation, especially if you made yourself clear the first time. Mm. Oof.
3: That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does, but it's tough. I feel like eventually this is going to, like, fade away, but it'll just, like, linger in my head for a while. So, anyway, that was really good advice. I just need to apply it.
0: Now, um, I'm curious, though, if somebody has been going through the pandemic and just, like, having a, a rough time because, you know, they haven't been able to be social, like, if you have sort of dropped off from your friends, is that really going to hurt you emotionally if you decide, like, hey, I'm having a hard time. that's
3: good because I have a, a close friend who has work friends, and they're doing, like, the whole, you know, cocktails after hours, or whatever, and mm-hmm. she's like, I don't feel comfortable going out yet, but mm-hmm. I'm worried that I'm going to lose these friends right? because they're all on, on board, and I'm like, mm,
0: not ready. Not I'm not there ready. yet. Like, is that going to impact you a lot?
1: You know what's so interesting is one of my most common – Uh, requests like during friendship sessions has been about this pandemic and has been about things like you know racial justice issues coming up and you know disagreements on wearing the mask or not wearing the mask and you know seeing your friends differently because of all the things the election all the election our friends yeah Mm. so there are all these things that have emerged that have made us be like i think i see my friends differently or i don't know if i can keep this up or i didn't really And it's really bringing a lot of issues to a head. Um, It doesn't surprise me that the whole, like, oh, we disagree about the mask thing, because it's not about the mask. It's about boundaries. And, And people get caught up on the details. If I say, hey, that makes me uncomfortable, and my friend group is unwilling to compromise or say, okay, well, let's do, like, an outdoor picnic. If they're not willing to find a way to bring me in, that says something. Now, it doesn't mean they don't love me, but it says something in terms of, like, their investment and willingness to kind of value what I need and to prioritize it. So it's not about the mask, you know. It's about our boundaries. Um, In terms of the pandemic and the effect it's had on relationships, a lot of these friendships are in uh, a a quiet season. Uh, We're not active. We're not seeing each other, and so a lot of us are trying to grapple with, "Well, God, what do I make of that? Is it not as strong as I thought? Are we going to have this when we go back?" But a lot of us are in a quiet season. I mean, think about it. We've got mental fatigue. A lot of people are, you know, raising kids at home, and they've got their jobs. People are strained financially, so a lot of us don't even have like the the mental uh, energy to, like, sustain, to pour in, to check in. And so that makes sense. Like, this is a time unlike, you know, any other people keep saying, this unprecedented mm-hmm. time, you know. So it's unti- like on any, uh, unlike any other. So it's going to make sense that it affects our friendship. Uh, with work friends, you know, you see a lot of those friendships kind of disappearing because we used to see each other a lot at work. Yeah. And one of the key ingredients of forming friendships is repeated exposure. That's yeah. why you become friends with your classmate and your coworkers and your boss because you see them for hours a day and now we don't and a lot of us we don't have any practice with being friends outside of work I only know you you know in the office I don't know how to be friends outside of the office mm. so it makes sense that a lot of those you know work relationships are kind of fading a little bit as well um, and that a lot of our friendships just generally aren't it in, are in a quiet season so I'm not surprised to hear about you know sustaining friendships you know during the pandemic and that being, you know, really tough. I will say some people are reporting that their friendships, you know, are stronger. Uh, Verizon reported that they're seeing phone calls go up 30% since the pandemic and that the duration of time we're spending on the phone is longer. Mm-hmm. So it looks like some of us are making the effort to call and to reach out to our friends. Um, but one thing I, I, I'll i close with this. One thing I want to add is um, there, and not to be a nerd with the research but it just like puts so many things in perspective. Uh, there's this thing called Dunbar's number. And his argument is that our brains only have the mental capacity to maintain 150 social connections. But we're talking like, you know, your mailman and the person mm. you always see at Starbucks, like people you just know in your brain, 150. But our social media would have us to think that we can maintain more. Cause we see people with like 10,000 followers. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, like your brain can really only connect. To 150 people, but almost see that 150 is like a circle and then like these, you know, smaller circles inside of it getting smaller and smaller. At the center is five, the number five. So you can only have the mental and emotional and cognitive capacity to pour into five friendships. Like, to be close with them, and we are intentional about, like, being close with each other. And get this, he argues that if you have a romantic partner, they take up two of oh. those five spots, oh. leaving you with three. <laughs> you know, which makes sense, because we have to give them our attention and well, our love. They take you know, we're, 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 we have conflict, and that takes a strain. So if that's the case, you really only have room for three, you know, significant. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of us are like, oh, I lost a lot of my friends. And it's like, well, did you or did you lose a lot of associates who you really like hanging out with? You know, why not take some time to identify three people in your life who you're like, I don't want to lose them. Like, these people, like, need to be my ride or dies. I, I, I want to do something with them. And then to pour your energy into that. Mm-hmm. And I know that's easier said than done. So we see, you know, Instagram people going and hanging out and it's like, why wasn't I invited? Mm-hmm. And that hurts. But in terms of like, oh, I'm losing friends, I just challenge people to rethink what that looks like and really spend some time on your top three and pouring into them because you only have so much energy to spare right now anyway.
0: You know, and that's something I have to remind myself of, too, because I've always been someone because of the way that I grew up and I didn't have a lot of what I considered close friends that I feel like when I got to college and beyond, I was like, I always want to roll with a big old crowd of people. Miguel rolls so deep. Like, yes. you can't
3: actually go out with me. I've had this running joke for, like, years now. You can't actually go out with Miguel because you won't see him.
0: Right, right, because like, I'll be like, Ooh. I got to say hi to everybody. Yeah.
3: Like anytime I've ever, and we don't go out anymore, but anytime I've ever gone out with Miguel, I just make sure I have someone else there so that I, (laughs) I'm not alone. (laughs) He rolls deep.
0: But here's the thing that I've realized, especially after being in my relationship now for three years is My circle has kind of gotten smaller, and there are times that I still yearn for that. But then I'm like, but why? I mean, how many of those people did I really truly have a connection with, and that if it's a random Tuesday and I'm feeling stressed out from work or something is a big dilemma in my life, am I actually going to call them? Who am I going to call?
3: Right. And is that uh, something that you're using to mask other emotions or feelings?
0: Absolutely. And so that's something that I, as a somewhat introvert, extrovert person, has you know, sort of been coming to terms with because of COVID and we haven't been going out and sort of going over, well, why was I texting all these people to go hang out on a Friday night when the three people that we had were already good enough? Mm. You know, what am I trying to overcome? So I think you bring up a great point. Yeah,
1: I totally get that. And I think it's just, Honestly, I think it's just a, a matter of managing expectations right now. Like, you know, what's your definition of friendship? What do you expect from a friend? You know, it, it sucks to see people go, but is it your key people who are leaving? Do you have the energy to pour into, you know, so many people? So I think I think this time apart from people is really forcing a lot of us to take inventory, to take stock of our friendships, and to make peace with, you know, not having the, the squad and really pouring into, like, who our key people are.
0: I love it. Well, Danielle, you have truly been a pleasure and you truly know what you're talking about, which is why you are a certified coach. And I love that your tagline, or at least what I see on what I was sent, is Danielle Bayer Jackson, publicist by day and a friendship coach by night. Nice. <laughs> I love that. How can people find you on social media, Danielle?
1: Yeah. So my um, Instagram handle is the same as my name, Danielle Byer Jackson. So that's B-A-Y-A-R-D Jackson. And then also, you know, I specifically tend to work with uh, women, even though a lot of friendship tips apply to everybody. So our website is betterfemalesfriendship.com.
0: Love it. And and so and you said if guys like someone like Scott, who's 24 and needs help, can they still contact you all?
1: They do. They message all the time like, hey, do you take guys because I'm struggling <laughs> yeah. so They message us all the time. We're yeah. here for them, too.
0: <laughs> I love it. Any other thing that you want to leave us with before we go?
1: Um, no, I'm just, you know, thinking of everybody at this time and, and struggling with, you know, their friendships. But there is support. You know, we have coaching services. We drop tips on our Instagram all the time. But um, I think at the end of the day, a lot of us are going to emerge with better friendships, uh, believe it or not, at the end of the pandemic.
0: Love it. Danielle, thank you so much for dropping some knowledge and helping us. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, guys. It was good talking to you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.
0: Really makes you think about how you go about friendships and what friendships that you just sort of keep on just because you don't want to make them feel bad.
3: Yeah. Or, in like, what is the purpose of friendships? How many friends do you need? How do you make new ones? Like, it's it's actually fascinating, and there should be friendship coaches.
0: Oh, no, I agree. I mean, I feel like I was just telling Abe the other day that this is the longest I've lived somewhere um, and been like, and had like the same friend group or it's been ev- evolving. Yeah. yeah. But cause previously in our career, Holly, like every two or three years we'd be moving to a new city. Yeah. And so we are approaching six years here. And so, right. Doesn't that. That's weird. And now we're six years, half a decade. We have
3: been somewhere this long ever. No,
0: half a decade. We've been here at Hot 101.5 and in Tampa. I mean, Bay. I
3: haven't been anywhere this long since high school.
0: Same, same. I mean, even co- my college was split up into two different yeah, two. two different stents. And so I feel like sometimes I have like a mind F where I'm like, oof, oof, with my friends and I'm like, maybe we should get some new friends. Maybe we should. And I'm like, I need some new blood. But like, why? Right. Because exactly. I just, why? I think I'm just been so used to.
3: That's a pattern. Right.
0: Picking up and being like, all right, guys, come visit or I'll come visit you. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Well, hit up Danielle if you are in need of her services. Anybody have anything else before we go? No. No, that was pretty good. Scott, how are you feeling after it?
2: I feel good. I mean, it it really comes down to you have to put an effort. And I reminded myself this a couple weeks ago, and I got tired of, like, just being alone. And I was like, well, let me just go ahead and throw on something on the line and cast it out. And I said on my Instagram, I was like, does anybody want to play tennis? Yeah. (laughs) And it worked. Mm. You know, and of course, I have to go through the things of, like, all right. Who am I going to take the time to actually play? Who's actually serious about this? And I actually got a couple legitimate connections from it. My whole thing is, like, it's very hard to commit to committing to someone and adding them into your life. That part's hard for me right now because I'm like, so much is happening in life. Mm -hmm. And
3: maybe that's the the make or breaks in having gone through the pandemic, social unrest, uh, the the election. election. You're like, I still love these people, but who is – Become who is floating to the top, if you will, right. about like where do you where do you where should you be putting your effort?
2: Yeah, and that's I mean, the, the whole Dunbar's uh circle thing, I was just looking it up, it's like the five closest 15 after that. It's really interesting because it's like it makes you think of oh wow, who are those people that I'm constantly in communication with, and who's on the outside circle of that? That it's like okay, maybe once a month I talk to you or so, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting to see like who am I actually not close with? And I think the biggest mind F is the social media because it's like, yeah. you see people out in public and I do this before the pandemic and I'd go out to the bars and I'd see people from school. And I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't talked in two years, but right. okay, let's go ahead and act like we're just buddy, buddy. I know. It's where
0: weird. am I in your circle, Scott?
2: I would say you're definitely in the 150 <laughs> around. <laughs> where- <laughs> <laughs> he knows you is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> he knows who you are. Hey, yeah. Like I know um, your name. Our That's job it- is so weird though because it's legit. Like it's not like just regular work. It's like no. all we do is all day is just talk. Like, it's
0: so do you weird. feel like we're friends, Scott? Yes,
2: like legitimately. When I talk to my family and everything, I'm like, yeah, Miguel and Holly are, like my best friends. Like literally. Oh. If you think about who knows the most about my life,
0: oh, yeah. y'all are in that <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: close, close circle.
0: We know it all. You yeah. really do. Everything. All the things. All right. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> go. I always got to go. Holly, what's your social media?
2: Radio Holly, pretty much everywhere. Scott? At Scott Tavlin.
0: S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. If you want a Miguel and Holly sticker, just send me an email, Miguel, at hot1015tampabay.com. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and subscribe. We'll see you Friday.
1: Hey, hey, this is Becca oh. from St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, and you are-
0: Becca! We already used you. Sorry. Oh. You know- I realize this is what happened. There Catch up. Catch up with the previous episodes
1: of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up
0: the Hot
3: 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.
0: Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.